0: This is Brian Oaks, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Egg Services in Erskine, Minnesota. We are pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Egg Services, providing solutions for your success.
1: Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Coonan in studio. We'll have updates from Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor. Thousands of protesters have gone to the streets in China demonstrating against the government's strict COVID policies. The protests are happening in at least 16 major cities, including Beijing and Shanghai. Protesters are calling for Chinese President Xi Jinping to step down and, end, and an end to the Communist Party rule. Protests of this type are extremely rare in a country where dissension is typically shut down. Global financial markets are reacting negatively to what is
2: happening in China this morning. Commodities, including crude oil, are trading lower. Argentina is offering a higher exchange rate for U.S. dollars brought in through soybean exports until the end of the year. Faced with massive debt, the Argentine government has made this decision to increase soybean exports and bring in more dollars. The Confederation of Rural Associations of Buenos Aires and La Pampa criticized the move, saying it distorts the market and will hurt farmers.
1: Soybean and Corn Advisor President Michael Cordonier says the Argentine government is making this action because they're desperate for money.
3: So they want the farmers to sell the remaining soybeans. Now... This is good for the farmers, good for the government, not good for the crushers because then the crushers have to compete with exporters to get the supplies to crush. So it's sort of a, it's just the way the government has to try to function in Argentina. Uh, they can't devalue the peso because then it makes paying back the IMF much harder because you get pay the IMF back in dollars. And if you devalue your currency, it makes it much harder to do. It's just a financial mess in Argentina.
2: Congress coming back to work this week for the lame duck session. Lawmakers will need to vote on a continuing resolution or pass a funding bill by uh, for the year by December 16th. Congress may also be asked to intervene in a labor dispute between Class 1 railroads and their unions. Under the Railway Labor Act, Congress could force both sides to accept the deal that was voted down by four unions, delay the strike deadline and continue negotiations or have outside mediators get involved.
1: The Republicans have a slim majority in the House and a very tight margin uh, is in the Democrats favor in the Senate. Compure Financial Chief Mission and Marketing Officer John Munson
2: says that will influence the upcoming Farm Bill debate. I don't sense that given the dynamic in place right now that we're gonna see a major shift in policy perspective a transformed Farm Bill as we move forward. It, ju- it just seems to me that the easier path a path of least resistance which Maybe the one that likely has followed is followed is more of an extension of the current farm bill, at least for a year, if not longer term. So it seems like that's probably where they'll end up landing, but it's very difficult to predict, I would say.
1: Munson says there will be different dynamics at play during this upcoming session.
2: We have a... Uh Nutrition title is going to cost 85 percent of this next farm bill of about 1.3 trillion dollars. So one trillion dollars could be tied up in, in, in the nutritional program. So the question is, do we have agreement there on that spending? That's going to be a, that's going to be a big, uh, big task in order to overcome. I think that's first and foremost. Grow intelligence is forecasting this year's corn crop at 13.7 billion bushels, soybeans at 4.2 billion bushels. Both estimates below the latest USDA report. Corn is projected to average just under 170 bushels per acre, 2.5 bushels below the November USDA estimate. The private estimate is for soybeans to average 48.9 bushels per acre, down 1.3 bushels from this month's USDA report. Grow Intelligence is a digital forecast using satellite imagery, land surface temperatures, rainfall totals, USDA crop condition ratings, and more.
1: Argentina's soybean crop is under stress from hot, dry weather. Temps were in the triple digits this weekend in key production areas, and rain was scarce. World Weather Incorporated expects portions of Buenos Aires, southern Cordoba, and Santa Fe could receive decent rains tomorrow night and Wednesday.
2: Brazil's weather remains relatively good. Ukraine has exported 17.2 million tons of grain during this marketing year. That's down 32% from this same time last year. Over 9 million tons was corn, almost 7 million tons of wheat, 1.4 million tons of barley. Ports are open through the deal put together by the United Nations, but sales are hurt by the ongoing war. Reporting Agriculture's Business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network.
1: Farm news on the Red River Farm Network. Value added agriculture has a prominent role throughout the Midwest. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor reports.
2: American Soybean Association Chairman Kevin Scott from Valley Springs, South Dakota says there's unlimited options for value added egg using soybeans.
0: The United Soybean Board has identified a thousand uses for soybean. Right now, and there are things that we have not even thought about yet that uh, we can use soybeans for. Anything that uh, petroleum uh, oil has been used for, uh, we can use use soybeans for, and we can call it green and sustainable, and and, you know all the all the good the feel-good messages around that. Uh, But. It is a, a superior product. It just has uh, great uses in, in other, other things. That, I mean, like I say, we haven't developed all of them yet, but uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal that uh, soybean oil is driving our market right now. It used to be a drag on our market. We couldn't get rid of it.
4: And Scott says
2: processing soybeans before exporting could add more premium into farmers' pockets.
0: Like I said, we had 50% of our product gets exported. I would love to value add it and uh, export it on the hoof. You know, and that, that makes sense with all of our crush plants that are, that are building. We're going to have soy meal here, and we either have to develop infrastructure to export that soy meal, or we have to feed it to livestock, and that would be the that would be the preferred method. We would love to add value in you know hog or, or chicken or or beef or or even uh, aquaculture if we could get if we could get some fish growing. Aquaculture is a big market for soy, and so uh, adding value to it is phenomenal. Even, you know, adding value to it in tires and asphalt or any of those other things is also important.
2: Reporting agriculture's business. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Poet Cor- uh, Corporate Affairs Vice President Doug Bourvin wants E15 approved for year-round usage.
5: We are working on fixing the RVP issue which is confusing for uh, retailers in the summer months. We gotta get that fixed and then we want to move from 10 percent ethanol in the country to 15 percent ethanol. We literally are doing everything in our power to get that done. So On the consumer side, we're working on consumer education. On the political side, we're working in all different states and at the federal level to get everything fixed so that we have an easy transition. From an infrastructure standpoint, we're trying to get the message out that we have everything that we need to offer E15 nationwide today.
2: Poet has a goal to be carbon neutral by 2050.
5: Well, we came out with a sustainability report about a year ago that says today we're 50% better in greenhouse gases than gasoline, by 2030 we'll be 70% better, and by 2050 we'll be carbon neutral, and we will meet those goals. We have 33 different bioprocessing facilities in eight states. And so every one of those plants is going to have a little bit different path to carbon neutrality, but they will all get there. One of the things that we've done recently, we've signed a letter of intent with Navigator to connect 18 of our ethanol plants to the pipeline. We'll capture the CO2, put it in a pipeline, we'll sequester it in Illinois forever.
1: Valent will have a limited supply of its new Maverick premium corn herbicide in 2023. product manager Eric Garcia says this weed killer features three modes of action
4: so with Maverick it's the first corn herbicide to feature the active ingredient pyroxysulfone which is a group 15 herbicide Uh, we talk about three modes of action with pyrox clopyralid and mesotrion again providing that residual plus post activity
1: Maverick controls water hemp Palmer amaranth and other broadleaves and grasses it is a long and expensive process bringing these products to market.
4: Today we talked about anywhere from eight to ten years. I mean, from concept all the way through testing, through EPA and state registrations. Uh, it, it does take a while, and you know we understand the EPA has a big backlog of products they have to approve and all that. So. Typically, where we could assume, okay, it might take uh, one to two years to get something through the EPA. Again, with the backlog, it takes a little bit longer than it used to, and so it's just something we have to adjust for. uh, But that's why from concept all the way to launch, you're looking at anywhere from 8 to 10 years for a new product.
2: A Calgary, Alberta company has proposed a $600 million aviation fuel project. Canola oil is expected to be the main feedstuff for the project. Reconciliation Energy Transition is talking to agriculture and energy interests to investigate this or to invest in that facility. Potential agreements with major airlines are also being discussed. A final decision on the project is expected to be made in August of next year. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.
1: Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose says the grain markets are stuck watching South America weather and demand.
3: First notice day on December positions also coming up on us very quickly. So uh, some jockeying ahead of that. So it's a market that is uh, handcuffed now, uh, watching to see if our exports can pick up as our domestic demand remains very strong.
2: Raising bison looks quite a bit different than raising beef cattle and is done on a much smaller scale. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more.
1: The Minnesota Bison Association Executive Director Adam Ulbricht says that caring for bison is quite a bit different than caring for beef. Despite being raised for a niche market, they have still never truly been
3: domesticated. Bison do not need any help calving they don't need any type of shelter they prefer to be out in the elements and you know ultimately that creates a a much hardier species and that reflects in the nutritional value bison is very high in protein it's very a very lean meat so it's high in the things that you want it to be in and low in the things that you want it to be you know ultimately as ranchers it's just their job to maintain the animal and to ensure that uh that quality continues they've never been domesticated they still very much are instinctually uh, a wild animal and so you just kind of let bison be bison
1: albert also says that the market for bison is very niche but knows that it's likely to not change
3: bison industry is is pretty small uh pretty niche what the beef industry does in terms of processing by 12 noon on january 1st is about what we do throughout an entire year so you can kind of compare those two sizes uh, the bison industry is never going to be very large. Um, we feel it's uh, it's in a good spot right now. Consumer demand has never been higher. Um, and now if only we could get some feed costs more under control, we'd be in a lot better position. But overall, the future is very bright for this industry. Uh, we understand we're always going to be a niche industry, and that's totally fine with us.
1: Reporting for the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman. Checking markets, we are twelve and a half higher for Minneapolis wheat. That D's contract at nine sixty nine and three quarters. March a nine cent gain. For the Chicago wheat market, we're down seven and a half at seven sixty eight. The KC wheat December one and a quarter higher. So a mixed go really in the wheat markets. Corn December down two and a half at six sixty five and a half. March down three the soybeans for January down 2 and 3 quarters 1433 and a half March down by 3 cents 1439 and a quarter as we check the farm calendar hard to believe but it is the North Dakota Ag Ex- or the Northern Ag Expo put on by the North Dakota Agricultural Association uh, that will be tomorrow and Wednesday at the Fargo Dome The Red River Farm Network will be reporting from the 51st Annual Northern Ag Expo this week. Also on the farm calendar, Ag Horizons, that conference going on in Pierre, South Dakota. Uh, That will be starting Wednesday, continuing through Thursday. They've got a variety of topics, everything from marketing to weed management, farm management to estate planning. Again, the Ag Horizons conference in Pierre, South Dakota this week as well. Have yourself a great day. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.